Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. for joining us at Imagine This Podcast. I am Trent, one of your hosts. I'm Mackenzie, one of your hosts. And we are joined today by special guest Susie Elnagar, who Mackenzie and I have the privilege of knowing pretty well. Hello, everyone. Susie, tell us just a little bit about yourself and why you're here today. We already know, but they don't yet. (laughs) So I believe today we're having a conversation about dramaturgy. And I am a freelance dramaturg, as well as working with Wild Imaginings as the company dramaturg. Yeah, Susie has worked with us on a number of projects already. Um, She's the festival dramaturg for the Epiphanies New Works Festival, which you'll be hearing about more in detail in a future episode. She works along the Contemporary Play series that we've produced with us, as well as a number of individual productions. Yeah, so I, in my dramaturgy work, do both production and developmental uh, dramaturgy, which is new works dramaturgy. So I think today we were going to talk about a little bit about what dramaturgy is before we even talk about the different types of dramaturgy. Yeah, I think, um, Mackenzie, you can jump in here, but actually in one of our past episodes, we brought up dramaturgy when we were talking about new work, and we talked about how important it is, and yet how many people don't really even know how to define it. Yeah, um, I feel like dramaturgy is a word that encompasses a lot of things, and it's oftentimes overlooked by a lot of people. A lot of people don't know what it is. Um, But I think that it's like really critical to new works as well as classical works, as well as just theater in general. And I think that it's really important for dramaturgical work to be involved in every project. Yeah, absolutely. And as Susie's already mentioned, there's different types of dramaturgy. You know, so as you're saying, it's important for new works, but then also for classical. Um, There's different ways that dramaturgy functions to really suit these different types of theater well. But before we get ahead of ourselves, Mm -hmm. let's really dive in and figure out what this animal that is dramaturgy really is. So Susie. So before I came here today, I was thinking about how I would describe dramaturgy to someone that doesn't have a theater background. Um, And I think it's really simple, and this explanation will click for everyone. Uh, All of us have watched a TV show 
or a movie that's based on um, maybe a book that we love and we'll be like oh did they read this book before <laughs> they made the movie do they know anything or you'll watch a tv show and be like why did someone not ask this question like this story doesn't make any sense why did someone not step in and ask and i think the idea which we see a lot in uh, tv and film which is creative consultants or story consultants is somewhat of what the job of dramaturgy is it's a person that is stepping in, asking questions, providing information. Um, in a theater context, it's a little even more encompassing, but I think that kind of nugget of like, we've all understood when dramaturgy has been missing in, in media. Um, when we've read a book and the author wrote outside their perspective and we thought, what, man, they should have had someone read this book that was within the group that they were writing for. That is an act of dramaturgy. Um, so I think it is something that's really easy to happen upon and it feels it feels like it's nebulous but i i don't think it is um it is a co-conspirator a creative consultant it is a collaborator in the work it is a compass uh being a compass for the work so different types of things need a different type of compass but it's a person whose job is not to act or to build the set but is to be looking at the whole project and asking these questions and working with everyone so that at the end, people don't look at it and go, why did nobody bring this up? Like, why didn't anybody say something about this? The dramaturg is the person that should say something about it. I love co-conspirator. Like, I think there's a lot of ways that you framed it that are really helpful. I think compass is maybe particularly suited for what a dramaturg really does. But I think co-conspirator really places the dramaturg in the realm of planning, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's super important. Um, the, the dramaturg is on the ground with the director, with the designers, before the production ever gets on its feet even. Yeah, so I guess kind of going into production dramaturgy, something where the dramaturg is not advising on the script because the script is set, Um it's really helpful if a dramaturg is involved in pre-production. So they're involved in the planning phase, the idea phase, because that's when the idea of expertise in a subject or a dramaturg has a wealth of knowledge that they pull from. So they are well-read, they are watching things, so they kind of are connected to a bunch of things and they can bring this up. And that's where inspiration can hit as a team. And maybe we go, huh, like this, this like ballet moment is really striking us. Why don't we go in this direction? Why don't we discover more? Is this the direction we want to go? And a dramaturg can pull information or be like, have you seen this thing or have you read this thing? This might inform a choice. Um, and that's before we start rehearsal. That's before we putting people in costumes. That's before all of that. It's kind of in the planning idea phase, um, which is great. I guess the, I guess an interesting point about dramaturgy kind of backing up to what it is is that uh, dramaturgy kind of as a distinct profession has European roots and because of this uh, a lot more European theaters have dramaturgs they're very common in Europe um, people that are in-house dramaturgs or people that do dramaturgy as well as maybe other things or just solely dramaturgy where in especially the United States there are a lot of dramaturgs that work, but they usually work in kind of very specific 
types of theater, um, usually theater that have larger budgets, and then other types of theaters don't utilize dramaturgy specifically. And um, I think it's an interesting distinction of this idea of having a planning, an idea phase, and a person that is kind of responsible for that and responsible for being able to bring forth knowledge to the team to share. Um, It's something that we are beginning to value more here in the United States, and it has to do with some of the ways we fund theater, some of the ways that we look at theater, why why are we doing theater, how we um, how we differentiate different types of theater and performance, um, why dramaturgy is maybe a little bit less common as a distinct act, a distinct position in theater in the United States than in Europe. And I think that, you know, some of the things that you're saying about dramaturgs asking good questions, gathering information, providing resources, having knowledge or skill sets or expertise, often in areas outside of theater specifically, um, is is really important. Um, And actually, you yourself have expertise that lands outside of the realm of theater and kind of came into dramaturgy later. Um, And I think that that is one of the values that dramaturgy has to offer, is that it's engaging people who have knowledge bases that other people on a creative team likely don't have in the same way. Um, So you come from a background of classics, right? Yeah, yeah. so I I have done a lot of things, but one of the things that I have done is study Greek and Latin language, literature, and culture. And that is something a few times I have been able to bring as a resource that I have into a room. And I'll, um, an example is when I'm reading a script of, of a recent um, production that I'm working with and there was like a specific um, figure in Greek mythology brought up. But there's two figures with very similar names and I was like, I, I'm kind of wondering why you chose this figure and um, they, they meant the other one. And it was just kind of like an honest mistake, but it's something that where if you have a knowledge base, I can read that. I didn't have to look it up to be like, I wonder where they're going with this. And just asking them and they're, oh, where I was going is I just met the other the other figure. Um, and that's an important way that dramaturgs can utilize like their specialties in that you don't need to look things up about something because you have a depth of knowledge. And that's where a dramaturg as a creative consultant can be really helpful or someone um, that is specialized in an area. And that can be knowledge bases, um, like historical time periods, especially, let's say, Shakespeare, people that really specialize in Shakespeare, uh, people that specialize in classics or Greek um, performance, or it could be cultural knowledge. So someone can come on as a cultural consultant that has cultural competency, and they're the person saying, hey, like, I'm, I'm kind of looking at that, and I'm not sure if that is reading as authentic to me, and they can work with the team on the choices they're making, and that's another way of kind of fields of knowledge are being utilized by people that are doing dramaturgs, whether they're called a dramaturg or a cultural consultant or a creative consultant in a, pra- in a process. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you brought that up. Brishina, who is often on this podcast with us, has served as a creative consultant on past projects, um, speaking from her experience in cultural knowledge. I've worked with 
playwrights as someone who is queer um, and as someone who has a seminary education, so has a unique um, knowledge base, but also cultural experience as a queer person who's gone through higher education religious study. Um, but then also in terms of knowledge base, you brought up Shakespeare specifically. So Mackenzie, you know that we have to let you talk about this for just a second because you're literally joining us live from London, blocks away from the globe because you're getting your master's in Shakespeare studies. Yeah, um, literally just today. So um, I started grad school literally today and I'm reading the Elizabethan Book of Common Prayer um, because in order to understand Shakespeare, we have to understand what he was reading and what influenced him. And so we're starting from the beginning. Um, and so I'm reading this book of Elizabethan Common Prayer and it's like referencing um, a certain king and a queen and it's like naming names. And it's like, I, it's saying that this is from the 1590s, but it's like saying the name of a different king. And I'm like, this is not from the 1590s. Um, this is from like 1638. And it entirely changes the perspective of it. And it was having that historical knowledge was something that like saved me hours worth of like deep diving in wikipedia trying to figure out like the context to understand this and to fit it into this timeline of where this narrative sits and how it would have played a role in the literature of the time and how people were interpreting narratives at the time as well so i think that dramaturgy as we've discussed is something that their creative collaborator, right, mm -hmm. as a professional role inside of a production or inside of a theater. Um, and But it really functions to protect the script and mm -hmm. protect the intent of a narrative. Um, I think that a director often has the production in mm -hmm. mind, right? And a dramaturg really has the script in mind. Yeah, so a dramaturg um, in a production capacity is an outside lens that is... Uh, the surrogate for the playwright, the surrogate for the play itself, and the surrogate for the audience. And so, um, and this is why it's important for a dramaturg to be a distinct person, mm. um, because an actor might be really focusing on how what they're doing in the scene. A music director might be focusing on that people are in the right key. Choreographer is making sure people are hitting their marks. But the dramaturg is looking at a, as a whole and is saying, is, is the audience going to understand this moment? Is our is what we're doing clear? Are we, um, why did we make this choice? Um, did we make this choice and it was informed by something? And if do we need to tell the audience about this? Um, also, it's telling a director sometimes. It's asking, oh, um, so here, here's an example. Um, I was working with a director in a piece where one actor... Uh, played a, a role when they were younger. So I asked, I had sat in a rehearsal, I took a bunch of notes, and I talked to the director after because I typically don't give actors notes unless I'm working directly with the director and we're working with the actor kind of in a specific dramaturgy process. Um, and I was, I was, what, what age is this person, is this character appearing? Um, and it was a really long discussion, and there was a part of saying, well, there's a frame story where they're older, but just a little bit older. And the rest of the story, they're, I want them this age. And I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling like this person is this age. And the director going, okay, that's really important to see that like as an audience member, you're not seeing that. And it's kind of raising some questions of like, why is this person acting this way? 
of this. And then um, they can say, well, I think it's just something that we are working out more in the process and we're, it's still, we're still in process, we're still in progress, I think we're gonna get there, or maybe do we need to change tactics so that I want to convey this intent to the audience? Um, and that's the way that a dramaturg as the outside person can kind of come in and ask questions. Or um, they can ask, hey, is this piece, uh, so kind of in broader than just production in uh, institutional dramaturgy, if you're a dramaturgy that serves with a theater, um, maybe in a kind of terms of literary management, which is something that dramaturgs do, you may give a list of plays that you are recommending. So you're constantly reading new plays, you're reading um, plays that maybe are have been overlooked, and you're saying, well, what about these plays? Okay, well, we're looking for this type of play for this slot. Okay, here's five plays. What, what do you think about those? Um, and the role of a dramaturg and kind of that literary management um, era is, is to be thinking about, okay, what does our audience, what does our community need, and what can our company do and read plays and suggest good plays? So if you have a small ensemble of five people who play together, um, you're not going to suggest a Shakespeare piece that has a cast of 25 because you, you would realize that, like, oh, that doesn't fit our company. Like, that's not our company. It's going to fit our company. But if you have a Shakespeare company, you're not going to suggest a one-person one play because <laughs> that's not going to fit the company. The audience would be very surprised if they showed up and they're like, wow, I thought I would see Shakespeare here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so that's where a dramaturg can be that outside um, person, also in kind of an institutional way. now with Game Pass. So I think this is a good segue into the the types of dramaturgy that exist. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned production dramaturgy, you've mentioned developmental dramaturgy, and now you've mentioned literary management. Yep. Um, and so maybe let's briefly break down the different ways that those types of dramaturgy function, and then if there are others that we should mention in addition to those three. Yeah, so a literary manager is a dramaturg that doesn't work as closely with productions. They're usually receiving scripts, so they might be working with um, an uh, institution that spe specializes in new plays or specializes in publishing plays 
or receives a lot of submission for something. So they're reading a lot of plays, they're organizing them. Um, and so they have their job is is very much like reading and commenting on plays. Um, a production dramaturg works with a production to help it uh, meet its goals and what the production is. So they're starting with from before production and they may even create um, things for the production such as actors packets or they may um, do things that are for the audience, um, which could be also someone that is in the role of doing like educational work. Might only do those things of like audience guides, lobby work, um, those those type of things. They might also those kind of two roles maybe do a talkback, especially edu- educational focus type dramaturgy. Might do talkbacks, um, if especially if it's geared towards school groups. Um, and then developmental dramaturgs are dramaturgs that work with scripts that are not finished. So you're helping a playwright kind of develop their play into what they want it to be. Um, so they all function in different ways. But I think overall is uh, dramaturgs are really great support people. They're allies in theater, in which is why sometimes we can overlook what a dramaturg does because usually we don't put dramaturgs' names on the front of things, even though if you open most of your favorite contemporary plays, you will see who the dramaturg was that worked with the play. Um, but we've, we've really kind of put dramaturgy behind the scenes, but it's an important role in keeping theater robust, um, of keeping theater kind of really um, honest and um, authentic to what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, um, speaking from experience with working with you as a dramaturg, Susie was the developmental dramaturg on my latest play, The Way He Looks at You. Um, And I think that something you said earlier about asking good questions um, really rings true from my experience as a playwright working with a dramaturg. Um, Susie and I would sit down for an hour looking at the script and probably half of that time at least was just her asking intelligent questions. Um, And the value of that I think is fairly indescribable. And I think a lot of playwrights who don't have the experience and even directors at a production dramaturgy level who don't have the experience of working with a dramaturg can be intimidated by questions because they're not used to being questioned about their script or about their production. Um, And I think that it's easy when you aren't used to that type of dynamic to feel like it's an attack almost. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so important to be able to have answers for all of those questions. And so I think when you understand the spirit of dramaturgy, which is truly shepherding a story to the best place that it can be, then you welcome those questions and get excited about those questions. And then the process becomes really dynamic and you end up with, I love the term you used, robust. Um, The most robust play, script, production that you can have because you've had someone's eyes on it who aren't your own and (laughs) your own eyes get so tired after looking at the same thing for so long. And so having that fresh perspective is so, so important. Um, and theaters intended to be collaborative and community-driven. Um, and I think that having a dramaturg on a script, 
on our production is one of the best ways we have to ensure that that's what's happening. Yeah. So um, I really love new play dramaturgy. Um, It's kind of a lot of what I do in my freelance work. Um, And so you mentioned, I think there's kind of like two things I want to respond to with what you said. The first thing is that um, what it feels like as a playwright to work with a dramaturg. So now that I've, I've worked with, you know, many different playwrights, um, I think that I have had so many playwrights like keep in communication with me, kind of develop longer relationships. Um, just the other day at a playwright, which was someone uh, we had worked with at the festival, who they had this play, which was about a real historical figure, but they had a, had a lot of magical realism. And I had asked them, it feels like there's two stories here that you are wanting to tell. Like mm. you're wanting to tell this true historical story, but then you also have brought this magical realism element and you're really excited in that story. And, and so they just emailed me the other day and they were like, you know what? I had just sat with what you said about that. It felt like you that. And I decided I had two different plays. And so they decided to write a version of the historical account that was kind of a abbreviated version that is geared toward high school students that are doing um, theater competitions and then also keep working on the version that has magical realism because they said you you just asked why why aren't you you're you're kind of at war with yourself and so that the idea of it seemed really obvious to me um, and that's what the dramaturg and a dramaturg can spark those things for people but what you said about like it can be hard if you're not used to it that is part of the skill that a dramaturg brings to the process. So a dramaturg is not the writer. They're not the director. They ultimately do not make the decision. So um, a skill with dramaturgy is learning when to bring something up and learning when um, to not bring something up or how often to bring something up. Um, if you bring something up and you say, well, what if, what if there was more people here? And the playwright says, well, I really want there to be one person here. This just feels really important to me. Even if you're you're not quite sure at that point why they want to make that decision, it's their play. So you say, okay, let's let's dive into more about like why that is, and okay, how can how do we make it stronger? Because you're not writing your play, you're not a co-writer. Um, you are a midwife mm. of the person's play that they are writing, and and sometimes plays and all creative things feel like something we receive like we don't quite understand where all of it comes from and I think that's why having a person that's helping you deliver it of saying when you feel unsure no no that that was awesome that part is really cool and it's sparking this this and this in me or if you're kind of questioning this part hey I'm still questioning this and and someone's saying well um have you thought about this or why are you questioning it and and Maybe you already are doing the thing that is right for your play, but you just needed to talk about it. Or maybe you ne- you need to make a different choice. Um, so that's the art of uh, dramaturgy. And so I've heard, um, I have a, a friend who, who says it's uh, being a, a play therapist, so <laughs> which is not literal. Dramaturgs are not therapists. They're, we are not equipped to deal with your personal, <laughs> emotional, or mental problems. We... We say that you should visit a therapist, but that idea of being someone that listens um, is how a dramaturg focuses, especially in development, because uh, creating something is very personal, and it's hard to be like, well, the reason I decided to make this choice is because this happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So there has to be some trust 
with a dramaturg for it to be really successful. Yeah. I, I love all the terms that you're using to describe dramaturgy. Um, so basically, dramaturg's business cards should say, like, surrogate, midwife, <laughs> therapist, <laughs> compass. Not quite a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, think, I think that that's really important, that, the, that they're this objective presence that are functioning very specifically differently than other people in the creative process, but that nonetheless are essential to that process. Yeah, so you've brought up something and something we've talked about before. A dramaturg is a really important presence in a bunch of processes, but dramaturgy or thinking dramaturgically is not something just the dramaturg does. And I think especially in theater and where we're at today and where we're trying to really like break down this hierarchy that has been in theater and return to collaborative creation, um, everyone can ask questions. Everyone can bring up hey, like, why are we doing this? Everyone can have information. Everyone can be an expert. But we are not putting it on people whose roles are to act or to design to be the people that are information. So we don't say, actor, you are of this cultural group. It is your job to tell us all about that because that's not what they're there for. They're not getting paid to do that. They're being paid to do it, be an actor. Well, if you have a dramaturg, that you are bringing in for cultural competency, that's what they are there for. So it's okay to be asking the questions because that's their job. Um, and so that doesn't mean that other person can't bring up and should bring up, should should bring up, say, hey, I have a question why we're doing this. It's just like hitting me wrong or I'm really loving this, but I'm wondering if we can go farther. Um, and I think as this is where I see the leap from people that are in um, – academic um, academic theater, people that are in college, whether they're uh, undergrads or graduates, of moving um, into a space of finding um, kind of what they want to be doing after it's a place where people are required to show up so that they pass their classes, um, of finding uh, creative processes in which they have a voice, um, in which they can ask questions, in which they can think dramaturgically. And it's important, all those things that you're learning they are important. Um, yeah, it's almost a culture of dramaturgy that's important, that we're creating space in which people can ask questions, can bring insight. Um, Mackenzie, one of your primary modes of moving through theater professionally is as an actor. Um, and so with the um, footnote that you likely do more than you need to as an actor, just because that's you are who you are as a human, I would like to hear what you have to say in terms of how functioning dramaturgically as an actor actually benefits you as an actor. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think research is so important. I, I love research. I love to know things. I do my best to learn everything that I possibly can about the history of a production and the character that I'm playing and the world that they're living in. I think that it really helps to bring things to life and just to make your understanding of a role in a show just all the, like, takes it to the next level. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's really important, though, right? Like, if you were embodying a character it's helpful to know the world in which the character lives. Yeah. 
Huh. Th- that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think that's so. I'm I'm gonna kind of even bring Mackenzie back to this. So we worked on Romeo and Juliet, um, and Mackenzie uh, is really really quite informed about Shakespeare. As an actor, it was fine. Um, when you're wor- when you're a dramaturg, if you're a good dramaturg, if someone knows things and they want to sa- share that knowledge, and that's something that is invigorating, it doesn't feel like extra is being added to them. Like that adds to to the process when an actor says, like, "Hey, I I really know this." I think again, bringing examples of um, things that are outside theater that I think people can grasp onto is um, in Loki. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is really well known for being like the he knows everything about this character and he works with his actors and he like would tell them all these things um that is an actor that has worked dramaturgically and they have information and they have a scope of like this is like what's going on and they can bring it to other people um but they that that is make someone um more able to be more successful in their job if they if they know that information, whether it's stuff that they've brought with them because they that's their specialty or whether that they are getting it from a dramaturg that has prepared it for them because it's not their specialty. Yeah, I so I have a good friend who's a costume designer. Spoiler alert, she'll probably end up on the podcast at some point. But she always says that designers are dramaturgs if they're doing their job right. Um, that they're looking at the text to determine what the costumes should be, that they're looking at the history and culture of where a production takes place in order to determine where people would get their clothes, what kind of clothes they would be. Um, And likewise, I didn't enter the professional theater world as a dramaturg or frankly even knowing what a dramaturg was when I first started. Um, But... As I moved through directing, I realized that I direct in a fairly dramaturgical way. And that's how I discovered dramaturgy was that I was doing some of those things without realizing that's what it was, which is really wanting to look at a thing holistically, understanding, especially I love to update things. So understanding like the original context of a play so that I can effectively move it forward in history. Um And so not, and what I think is cool is that that doesn't negate the need for a dramaturg, but that it creates a culture around a production of everyone being excited about the truthfulness of a story and being able to tell it in the most honest, but exciting and interesting way. Yeah. As a dramaturg, I would much rather work with people that um, think dramaturgically or maybe also consider themselves a dramaturg. A recent project I worked on, the director is a director dramaturg. And so it just makes it um, so much easier in the process because that person can be like, hey, I'm busy kind of working out the, the where people are going to go, what is I'm directing, I'm doing all these tasks. But like when you have those, com- they, they can speak that language of questioning and research and they can get excited. So um, one of the things was, uh, so this boy has something to do with spiders and uh, a photo of a specific spider that we found and that this just really sparked for the director. And I was like, okay, let's find out more about the spider. I want it to to be um, kind of a color inspiration for some things. And that's when you're working as a dramaturg, when you're working with people that love dramaturgy and can also think dramaturgically it's a joy it's a pleasure 
Um, I think that dramaturgs have, a lot of dramaturgs have worked in processes where they've been asked like, hey, can you just deliver a thing and then leave? Um, and that can be great. That can pay the bills. Um, and, and some of them are theaters that that's what their budget is. And if their intent is like, hey, we're going to use that. We're excited. That's our budget. But sometimes it's like, okay, great. We have the packet. Okay, that we checked. We did that. But we, we, I have a vision and I'm doing this. And it doesn't really matter to me if that conflicts with my vision. I'm still going to go forward. I don't really want to hear it, what anyone has to say. Um, in those types of environment, as a dramaturg, you can sit there and you can go, I just want to have the best thing possible. And I'm excited. That's why the word co-conspirator. I'm excited to support the vision of other people. You are a support person. But, like, if you're just sitting in the corner twiddling your thumbs, um, you, you're not lending as much value as when everyone is excited to mm. have those moments of conversation um, and sees the value in that we all uh, – a theater is – a collaborative process. It's a process of many people. And being collaborative makes theater better, but collaboration in kind of a way where we also kind of have, this person does this, this person does this, this person is the costume designer. They are designing the costumes. They look up things, and they might ask the dramaturg, uh, like uh, I worked on a production with historical things, the prop person said, hey, what does this type of uh, metal look like in, in this country, in this era? And so I like did some research and was like, hey, or here are some things I found. They're like, okay, great. And then they went from there and they did their own stuff and they produced something. And that's a healthy process. That's a process where nobody is like, I am the only person with knowledge or I'm the only person with a creative instinct, but it's a collaborative process. Yeah, and I I think that this episode is more informative than a lot of them will be, but we're doing it because we really believe that the art of dramaturgy is essential to the theatrical process. Um, and as we've mentioned, we are particularly excited about new works, about the way in which new voices and new perspectives contribute to theater and thus culture in ways that are really essential. Um, and just so I think that this profession is one that we all hope to see on the rise in American theater. Um, and so we want people to understand not only what it is as a profession, but what it is in terms of maybe you can't afford a dramaturg in the theater that you work in at this moment. We would first say that you should work on building that into your budget, even if it's small at first. But secondly, even if you can't afford a dramaturg on a production, there are ways that your creative team can at least function dramaturgically. And that's a really good first step towards having someone that you work with in a professional capacity. Um, so we hope that this is, if nothing else, an encouragement to begin moving in that direction because it really is important if we're going to be culturally sensitive, if we're going to be telling stories that are vulnerable and honest and true and to push boundaries in the right directions. Yeah. I think that is such a great way to describe it. Um, a lot of what dramaturgy is is also advocacy, whether it's advocacy mm. for the play or advocacy for a better process. And so the idea that we all can step into that thing, we can all ask questions of 
um, hey, why do we do this this way? Can we do this a better way? That isn't necessarily about the story that we're telling, but how we tell stories. Um, and I say the smallest, the smallest group with the smallest budget can can think that way, can be dramaturgical in their thinking, can advocate, can have a compass, um, and it will really benefit um, because it is something that you can do alongside other things. And I think only richens the work and um, kind of that thing that gets thrown around theater of like, why theater? Well, why theater is we're telling stories that we need to hear in this super specific place right now. And a dramaturg is helping make sure that that's what we're doing. Um, and we're not losing sight of that goal. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because um, if you haven't been with us from the beginning, our very first podcast episode was actually why theater? Why is theater essential? So if you missed that, that's a beautiful extension of the point that Susie just brought up. Um, and she wasn't even here for that episode. She's <laughs> just on the same page as us, which is why we love having her. Um, I think we're going to wrap up. Susie, if you have any last words you want to leave them with and then tell people where they can find you professionally. Yeah. Um, my last words. If you are interested in being a dramaturg and you are in college, um, tell someone and see if you can start working on projects and you can see if it's something that you're interested in adding to your toolkit. If there's opportunities for you to learn, do it. If you are someone doing theater, um, like look it up on the internet and see if there's some things you can add to your uh, toolkit. I recommend um, the, some of the, the great uh, dramaturgs uh, Mark Bly and Cantaneo, they have books and you can read them and you can kind of find out a little bit more. Um, and if you're a playwright and you're like, oh my goodness, that would be amazing to work with someone to, on my play. Uh, Google play, play uh, dramaturgs that do development, go on new play exchange. A lot of dramaturgs have their information there and see if you can set up a consultation session with someone. Often dramaturgs will often uh, like a one hour session to see, you know, hey, if we're right fit or maybe just that's what you can afford. Um, and then if you want to uh, hear more about what I'm doing, you can find me on Instagram at Suzy Elnagar, at Twitter at Suzy Elnagar, and SuzyElnagar.com. And Mackenzie, tell them where they can find more about us. Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram at Imagine This Theater Pod, theater with an R-E, or at Wild Imaginings Waco. Our website is wildimaginingswaco.com, and we are produced by Rogue Media Networks. And thank you again for joining us. We love having these conversations, um, and we love getting to have them with you. So thank you for joining us today um, and imagining this with us.